0: Good morning and welcome, happy hump day, Patriot Radio News Hour, the ugliest man in radio, maybe the dumbest too. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, our toll-free number 800 to 951 the website at allamericangold.com, the physical delivery of wealth insurance, gold and silver. It is what we do uh we do it better than anybody, and we're trying to keep the masses apprised of the wheelings and dealings and trade wars and currency manipulation and all kinds of other things we got debt updates, pension updates, pending home sale updates. we got a lot of updates in a world that seemingly has lost its mind a big article on Drudge today talking about civil war, 40, I think it was, was it 44% of the country now thinks it's coming. And 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 I will say this, I, Ron Paul warned about it. You know, it's funny, you know, as you watch all of this play out and, and you see all the events, and I've been doing a lot of uh, going down memory lane and all the the things that Eric used to warn us about, and I, I go back to, you know, probably uh, I, the the peak of Ron Paul's popularity, where he gave that speech in in front of the Senate or the well the House, and talking about the change that's coming, and and talking about civil war, and, and today uh, his article out of the. The Examiner, the Washington Examiner, 59% fear violence from Trump. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I got to read a little better. From Trump haters. And, and isn't that, I feel that way. It's incredible. These people have lost their minds. Uh, 31% uh, believe it is likely the United States will experience a Second civil war within the next five years let's hope they're wrong uh but it is it, it is really this was uh, rasmussen uh is the one that did the survey they said uh obviously the the trump opposers they're angry right and they're they're i don't know what they're angry about but but they're angry they say that the fear in the country over political divisions uh obviously we we saw the the thing with uh what was her name uh the trump spokeswoman sanders uh at the restaurant then you had Maxine waters telling her people to go out and harass uh republicans and and I and I really think about, you know, what used to be, you used to be able to have a different opinion. Some of my best, you know, it's funny, now that I'm older now, I probably didn't consider them great memories uh, as when I was growing up. But today, I think they're some of my favorites, is when we would have uh, the family gatherings. And and I told this story all the time. So we all had a routine, Thanksgiving was always at my grandparents. Christmas and Easter were always at our house. And we, you know, this was in Syracuse, and times were different then. Families did that type of stuff. You know, your birthday parties were your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. The holidays were aunts, uncles, and cousins. And, and really, it was probably my generation where, you know, it's hard to do anymore. You got to spread out, you got to go over where the jobs are. There's no jobs in Syracuse. But they would at, at the, you know, you'd have the, the turkey dinner and this and that and the other, and then they would have the adults would have the, the big uh, brouhaha, and my grandfather would be the ringleader. So I could just see it today. He would be uh, one of the Trump haters. Not that he would actually hate him. He would just take that side. He took the side that he thought was the the least popular. That was his role. He he didn't care, right? He just he wanted to get people yelling. And they would have the great and they were you know this back people smoked right in the house and all this stuff and, and the there was they were smoking, they were play, you know, drinking coffee, having some cake, getting ready to play spades or hearts or whatever it may be, and they would be talking about the, the subjects of the day. And after they got done talking about it, they'd all laugh, and they'd play cards. You know, good, healthy discussion. Where my grandfather would, would you know, push a few buttons. you got to remember, this was a lot of Italians in one place. So there was a lot of, not just loud talking, right, because we're Italians. So you got to get the hand gestures in there as well. I mean, this was full contact talking, you know. Well, there was no contact, but I mean, it was, you were moving the arms, the head, right? You know, you had it all going on. And it was a sight. It really was. And it, it was it was probably where I developed the love for doing this because, because I, I just love talking about it. But it's changed now. Now there's hatred. Right and and people, uh, you know, there's no room for you to have a different opinion. And and they call it political, but it, you know, deep down inside, it's an economical problem. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And every day, there's so many things uh, to talk about one thing that happened that in this is kind of where it it's frustrating a little bit but it is what it is right we know that that they manipulate the gold price and they they try to make it appear uh, that nobody wants it yet demand uh not necessarily here but everywhere else is skyrocketing the gold price in europe uh they're getting ready uh to surpass uh the dollar yeah I mean, gold prices in Europe now approaching 12, 1,200 euros. Uh, England, same thing. Canada, same thing. China, same thing. Uh, banks, bank stocks have been down 12 days in a row. You think maybe there's a little problem in debt? Just saying. Then the Chinese. Uh, powers that be, uh, the the Chinese renminbi now at the lowest levels of the year and just went lower, uh, now over 6.6 uh, yuan or renminbi, whatever word you'd like to use, uh, to the dollar. This was a currency that was getting ready to break six. But it's one of those ways, right, for them to fight against tariffs. Uh, then the, the, But the Chinese aren't done. So not only uh, have they been weakening their currency, yesterday they reached a deal to remove import tariffs on animal feed ingredients, including soybeans, soy meal, meal and and rap seed from five Asian countries, right? Of course, these are the same tariffs they put on the United States. Uh, China dropped the tariffs the on soybean, soy meal, soybean cake, uh, fish meal, and others from Bangladesh, India, Laos, South Korea, and Sri Lanka. They said effective on July the 1st, so basically come Monday, uh, no more tariffs there. Uh, the tariffs range from 3 to 9%, uh, depending on the item. Uh, the government says that it planned the tariff cut since March, if you would like to believe that, it demonstrates the government attitude that we will import from other countries. The market will understand from this that this is a signal. Talking about China not going, I guess, to relent here in the trade war. Uh, India, as an example, grew 11 million tons of beans uh, from uh, last year to this year. It only exported 269,000 tons, uh, but but now they're saying that India may be the one that is the most benefit to the taxing or import tax on soybean that was coming from the U.S. Obviously, I don't think any can produce enough. I think over half of our soybeans uh, went to China. Uh, they, then there was word out today that Trump may have been softening his stance on technology and Chinese investment. Uh, Larry Kudlow came out on TV today and said, not true. Here's one of the things, and I've been watching this, and and has anybody raised the question of, why would our businesses have been doing this in the first place, right? And we, you know, and it's funny because we talking about it here. You know, China steal everything, and, and if you want to do business and you want to open plants there, right, you got to give them everything, and then the stuff that you don't want to put over there, right? They they have espionage, right, to get it, and then I start thinking about, you know, we have all these. Chinese students at all of these universities in the country, right? You don't think any of them, maybe just a couple, maybe working with the Chinese government, right, to get to some technology. I mean, I'm just saying that would be logical. I mean, if they're doing it to Apple and Google and Microsoft and all, you know, and all these other, Boeing, and makes sense that they would be doing it there as well. And we allowed it not I mean, for decades. And, and I just find it amazing uh, that, that we're just now trying to do something about it. Uh, but Larry Kudlow said absolutely not. The idea of a softer or harder stance is really beside the point. Kudlow said that President Trump's announcement of the overhaul for the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States under the U.S., uh, what are the, I guess there was a, uh, under House rules, was overwhelmingly approved by the committee. So this is this committee, the Committee on Foreign Investments of the United States. Was the one that was in charge while China was stealing all this stuff, right? So they'd come in here, well, not even necessarily stealing. In this case, China would just, buy, you know, hey, we'll buy. If we can't steal it, we'll buy it. Kudlow reiterated that Washington is hoping to resolve its differences with with China. But it's going to be very comprehensive and very effective at protecting our technology, the family jewels of the United States. And kind of put to rest uh, what people were saying was maybe Trump was somehow going to allow some Chinese stealing to continue. Apparently, hopefully that's not the case. But this is real. This is what's happening. You know, and and I've educated, hopefully tried to educate you on the Silk Road Initiative, the 2025 initiative that China continues to have, which is, listen, they want to be the technology provider of the world. And they don't care how they get it. Right? If they got to steal it, buy it. Whatever they need to do by all means necessary, they're going to do it. And I just, I, I I'm just, it's shocking, right? Also, what a uh, stock price could go up, right? We give it away for a stock price. I mean, we really got to think about what's really been happening. And of course, the the, the bigger problem now is now we're into this. This trade war, if you will, and, and really, it's a war we've been losing, right? We lost it when we signed NAFTA and GATT. But now we have to worry about all of the debts that go along with it. The the CBO now saying federal debt will eclipse $100 trillion. And it's funny, they just say it. And, and they don't really make any... any uh, Any bones, uh, bones probably the wrong word, but they, they just say it as fast. It's kind of like I've been telling you, this is going to happen. It's not a, not a maybe. It's not an if. It's not even a win. We already know when. In the next 10 years, by every single measure, and I'm talking about the measures that are impossible for us to get to, right? The, the B.S. growth rates and all these projections about interest rates and growth and this and tax revenues that are always way overly optimistic. Even by those measures, in the next 10 years, the small number. So you know we've got you know like any good any good ponzi scheme, right? The government's got multiple sets of books. So we know the big debt number is, you know, over 21.2 trillion dollars, okay? By the end of the year that number is going to be over 22 trillion. Okay. So so however whatever number you want, that's the that's the big number. The entire United States economy is about twenty trillion. So you're like, okay, well, we've got our debt is more than one hundred trillion, or one hundred percent of GDP. But they'll tell you, oh no, it's not that high yet. It's only seventy-eight percent of GDP, right? Because they have a smaller number. And, and and the difference between the two numbers, some of it is. Fannie and Freddie, which we know, right, every time the housing market crashes, right, Fannie and Freddie don't have any money, right, because the government takes all the money every year. So that's not really accurate. Student loan debt's in there, right? We already know for a fact nobody pays those. (laughs) I shouldn't say nobody. That's, That's unfair. Just half of them don't pay. And a bunch of other stuff. I mean, but but neither here nor there. So you got a big number and a small number. In the next 10 years, the small number is going to be more than 100% of GDP. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be more than that. It's probably going to be, I don't know, maybe 125%. Of course, now it'll put the big number at probably approaching 200% of GDP, and and they sit there and they act like that's going to have no effect. Wall Street doesn't even even care that they put it out. And this is the funny part, because they always say, well, we never saw it coming. But it's out there. Right? We know how bad the CBO is at their projections, and we also know which way they are. Right, They're always the same way, it's just like the Federal Reserve and GDP, right? It's always too high. Just like the Federal Reserve and what they say inflation is. We know that's a lie. We know that it's much higher than what they say. And we also know that the debt is going to be much bigger, and they're already telling us this is a fact. Who's going to buy it? Are you going to buy it? You think the Chinese want to buy it? Do you know that the Chinese haven't added a single dollar to the amount of debt they've had? Better has gone down. For, 2013 was the peak. Same thing with Japan. They don't buy anymore, they don't want any more. And now we have this big trade war. Why do we have the trade war? Because you know what? We're vulnerable. Whether you like it or not, that's the reality. We did this to ourselves. It's a self-inflicted gunshot wound. All because we want, We wanted a higher stock price. We wanted to live beyond our means. We didn't want to be fiscally responsible. We wanted to believe that we can just grow our way out of it. And all of this is something think about it, right? So we started out with four hundred billion dollars in seventy one. And I keep going back there. It got to a trillion by eighty one. It got to five trillion by two thousand and one. Still you're like, "Eh, you know, it's not that bad. But from oh one Today, it's gone from 5 to 21. And guess what? That's not the big move. Big move started right now. This is year one of the big move. And we sit there and we look at dollar strength and, and uh, you know, the gold price got taken to the woodshed, which is, you know, we're, we're trying to find the bottom and, and everyone's talking about this great GDP number that's going to be coming up. It's going to be okay. But trust me when I tell you, it's going to be very short lived. And then... Guess what? We're going to have to figure out who we're going to borrow the money from to pay for all this stuff. Patriot Radio News Hour, halftime on a Wednesday.
1: This is the Phyllis
0: Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
1: Just when you think you've heard the worst from American colleges, a new round of stories is sure to make your head spin. George Washington University students, for example, have started a petition to get rid of their school's mascot, the Colonial. According to the petition, the current mascot glorifies the act of systematic oppression and would be better replaced by the river horses or hippos. Ivy League schools are set for yet another round of all liberal commencement addresses as you'd expect. But the story that takes the cake this month comes from one of our favorites, the University of California, Berkeley. The UC Berkeley Commission on Free Speech claims that conservative students are officially to blame for last year's destructive leftist riots that left a wake of canceled events and property damage, all because many invited speakers to campus were likely to incite a violent reaction. Although the report of the UC Berkeley Commission doesn't suggest fully banning conservative events or speakers, the commission does set forth new suggestions for restricting the areas of campus that are open to free expression. The report also suggests training for campus police officers so they may appear less intimidating to protesters and rioters. These are just a few of the latest headlines in the left's assault on the minds of our young people. Phyllis Schlafly knew well that college campuses were the breeding ground for the left's seeds of anarchy and radical anti-American sentiment. It seems we are less and less surprised by the headlines that should be more and more shocking than ever. The hearts and minds of the young people who will very soon lead our nation are at risk. It's up to us to teach our teenagers and college students that free speech and free markets are not to blame for our problems. These students need to know the true liberty of free speech and civil discourse, private property and free markets, and the great character of men like George Washington. It's time we light a fire in our students and set them on the right path in the midst of this campus insanity. At the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles Collegian Summit in Washington this July, that's exactly what we'll be talking about. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles.
0: Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. We did have some economic data today. Uh, we had oil inventories. N- did not, <laughs> did not go well for the, us that want cheaper gas. 10 million barrel decline uh, in crude oil inventories. Uh, I believe crude oil is at the highest level of the year. $73 right now. Crude oil is up another... Man, it was, it, I, I think we had... Three or four days now where crude oil has been up anywhere from 3 to 5% a day. Uh, right now at seventy-three, well, $72.96 a barrel on crude oil. Remember yesterday, uh, the Trump administration, I don't know that they can enforce it, but they have put it out that they don't want anybody importing any Iranian oil of any kind by November. Don't know where that extra crude is going to come from. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but uh, crude oil inventories here in the U.S., uh, down 10 million barrels. Uh, crude oil, now there you go. Here it is, now 73, two, up 247 at $73. Does have the Dow up. Dow's up about 140 points. Uh, again, most of it on the, the heels of crude oil. Uh, gold's down about 2 bucks again. Uh, Trying to find the bottom here. We're pretty close to it. Uh, A lot of banks now are getting ready. I've been, uh, uh, a lot of them saying they're going to be buyers at 1250 or between 1250 and 1240. Of course, let's face it, it shouldn't be down anyway. I mean, really, when you think about it. I mean, we've got uh, the dollar soaring again above 95 but that's because all the other countries are deliberately crashing their currencies. I mean this is a full-on huge war right I don't know how it all will, will shake out uh, but it is definitely having an impact. Uh, we had durable goods today big number went the wrong way it was down. Uh, Again, uh, this was, I believe, the second or third straight month in a row for durable goods. Of course, durable goods are anything lasting longer than three years. And they use words like refrigerators, air conditioners, cars, stuff like that, uh, down uh, again for the third straight month in a row. By the way, cars, uh, big, big decline. Uh, One of the things I talked to Eric Earlier this week. As a matter of fact, I talked to Cliff yesterday. He him and Eric worked together. They've sold one car this month, you know, and they wholesale cars and one retail car for the whole month of June. They're like everything has just stopped. I don't know. Again, it's Arizona, so the summer it kind of clears out, but one. Then we had pending home sales. Okay, now this one's important because these are you know, I like pending home sales better than everything else because these are actually people signing contracts. Okay, yeah, I'm buying this house. I'm putting my name on it. Down for the fifth straight month in a row, uh, and down everywhere. Didn't matter south, west, east, northeast, uh, Midwest. Home sales, existing or uh, pen, excuse me, pending home sales down for the fifth straight month. So these were the economic... Those were the, the economic... We had oil inventories, durable goods, pending home sales, and, and and you're left scratching your head. I still think we're going to get a good second quarter GDP number. We will. But it looks like that's going to be the high water mark. Don't know. Things will have to turn, right? We'll have to see car sales get better, home sales would need to get better, right? We, we probably need to see the, the trade war stuff come to an end. It doesn't look that way. So that, that may be the high watermark, and I think that's kind of one of the things uh, that we're kind of looking at as we're talk about why the second half of this year, I've been saying it for the last 90, the second half of this year is going to get crazy. Because we're going to hit the peak for the tax cuts, and then we're going to have to see what's left. I think Trump's doing the right thing. We need to fight the the, the fight. We need to bring it all back. The problem is, you know what, bringing it back is going to cost. I don't know. The Fed's not going to be able to get away with there's no inflation. Uh, Just something to think about as we do it. Yesterday, we ran those half dollars. We've been getting calls all morning. We still have, we're down to about the last 65 rolls. These are the silver half dollars. Uh, Silver, by the way, uh, it's it's down about $0.06 right now, $16.18. Rolls of silver half dollars. They're $130 a roll. If you buy 25 rolls or more, down to 125 bucks. Uh, both of those prices, by the way, you're talking about less than two dollars over spot. Uh, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, business insider, which is an excellent publication, because they really go in depth on a lot of things that you'll only see headlines on. Harvard conducted a stress test for all of the pension plans. So that that kind of caught my eye. I'm like, ooh, I wonder what they think. The analysts uh, were talking about retirement plans uh, in states, and they kind of ranked them, right, from who's the best to who's the worst Uh, It's very similar to the stress test that the Federal Reserve gave to the banks. So Harvard used the Federal Reserve's model in evaluating all of these pension funds. They, They looked at two different economic scenarios, neither of which is as stressful as we expect the next downturn to be. So in other words, Harvard, they took it easy. And and I think that's important uh, to note that. But uh, this was, John Malden was the one that did the article. And he says that the stress tests weren't all that stressful. But relative to what the pension trustees and legislatures assume right now, this is kind of brutal. Okay, and again, a lot of these states, they're just lying. to They lie to themselves, and then they lie to us. Scenario number one assumes a 5% investment return for the next 30 years. Most plans right now are somewhere between 7 and 8, and we know that's not not going to happen. Scenario two assumes an asset shock involving a 20% loss in year one, followed by three years of recovery. So nothing horrible. I'm going to tell you how they turned out and what states are in the biggest trouble. Here's all the nonsense. Let's just call it the way it is. I don't care. About what gold's doing today, or tomorrow, next week, next year. I will tell you there's only one path, and that's higher, and a lot higher. How do I know? Well, remember what the CBO said today. By 2048, the debt will be 100 trillion dollars. <laughs> I've been telling you in 10 years, the debt's going to be 40 trillion. Then Harvard says, we're going to conduct a stress test on the state pension system. And there are great two scenarios, and there, it's almost laughable. One is 5% returns for the next 30 years. No slowdowns, no recession, no big economic blue, just 5% every year for 30 years. Completely unrealistic, but there it is. The second scenario, the hard one, you have a negative 20% for one year, then a three-year recovery, and then 5% returns every year for the next 30 years. Well, for 25, right after that. So one year of negative 20, three years of recovery, and then after that, 5% for the next 25 years after that. So I don't think any one of us would be like, okay, well, that's not a true, that's not a whole lot of stress, right? Here's what they found out. New Jersey and Kentucky have the highest insolvency risk. Both were fully funded in two thousand. Now remember what I told you about the debt. Remember it was five trillion then. If we think about how big it had gotten. It's now almost twenty two. They were one hundred percent funded. Both of them now are down to thirty one percent. Other states in, well, shaky condition, Illinois, which we know that, Connecticut, not shocked. This one shocked me. Colorado, Hawaii, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Rhode Island, South Carolina. If you are a current or retired employee of one of those states, and this is A study done by Harvard, Uh, John Malden from Business Insider is the guy writing the article. If you are a current or retired employee of one of those states, again, those states, New Jersey, Kentucky, Illinois, Connecticut, Colorado, Hawaii, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Rhode Island, South Carolina, I highly suggest you have a backup plan. If you aren't a state worker, but you simply live in one of those states, plan on higher and higher taxes over the next decade. But that's not all. Even if you are in one of the few states with stable pension plan? you're still a federal taxpayer and and that's who I think will end up bearing much of the debt. In other words, someone's going to have to put it on somewhere. We'll just add it on to the to the national debt. I will tell you who they say um, if I can I think Wisconsin. South Dakota and Tennessee are some of the best states. Arizona, we're we're not so great. We're 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 just we we barely made the cut of not being one of the worst. <laughs> so uh, those are the states that are inflicting that will uh, have some of the most pain. Uh, Alaska, by the way, will be the state that's the best. So. What I would tell you is go to the states uh, where nobody lives. Those are the ones that usually will have the best ones. Uh, All the states where a lot of people live, those are the ones that are expected uh, to do the worst. According to uh, the study, which was conducted uh, by Harvard, they say that local pension plans jumped, from unfunded liabilities of $433 billion to now more than $6 trillion. Harvard says that state pension plan, the unfunded liability part of state pension plan, is now growing at more than half a trillion dollars. And I want to just make sure. Yeah, a year. Just wanted to make sure a year, so the six trillion right grows. Yeah, next year it'll be six point five, seven, eight, and these are rosy economic scenarios. By the way, that's fifty thousand dollars for every household in America. They believe that the underfunding is more than 67%, and that's the, the latest uh, studies that are out right now. And I just, I'm just i just reminding you, right? Don't get caught up. I get it, right? I know we're, we're, we're excited. We would love to see, uh, you know, a number of 3% plus on GDP. That would be great. But it's only going to be a quarter. If we're lucky, maybe the third quarter, maybe, uh, it, it will be be close to it, and then after that, we're right back. The problem is, how did we get it? And we got it through debt, right? We're trying to solve a debt problem with debt. It's just not going to work. Picture Radio News Hour final segment when we return. Picture Radio News Hour. Uh, the Dow, which was up, was up almost two hundred and fifty points. Now up less than a hundred points. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It really doesn't, right? Gold's finding the bottom here. Silver's finding the bottom here. Uh, should they have been here to begin with? No, but it doesn't matter. Get ready, because 10 years is not very long. And unfortunately, I think after this year, it really starts to get painful because the numbers start to get ridiculous. Uh, the half-dollar rolls, one through 24. Or 130 by you buy 25 rolls or more. 25 rolls is a quarter of a bag. We take them down to $125. That's $3,125 for a quarter bag of silver, half dollars. Uh, just dirt cheap. Uh, you probably, you we're probably looking, well, you may have been able to get it, because gold got down, or silver got down into the high $13 range. You may When it was there briefly, you could have got them for a little less. But this is outside of that. In the last ten years, one of the cheapest prices in the last decade. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Here's another point about data that, because I've been telling you all these jobs. We got the new gig economy, the side hustle, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Right, they're supposed to be doing all these numbers. Say that just. 10% of total employment is in the quote-unquote double-J side hustle economy. Unfortunately, that's really not the truth. See, the BLS numbers don't include people who work a side hustle in addition to their full-time job. When you do that, one out of every three people in the United States now has a quote unquote gig economy job. One in ten, it's their only job. 33% or a third of people have. Well, I've got a job, and i got a got a gig job because I don't make enough in my regular job. And the latest report predicts within the decade it'll make up the majority of U.S. workers. So just so you know, this is another thing coming. This is what debt does, right? It's crushing us. Systematically, and this is going to be a period in U.S. history where I don't think even Trump—I mean, I—I I don't think he can do it. We got to bring them all back, right? We got to start paying thirty and forty and fifty bucks an hour, and we got to pay. Well, you know what? I thought a hundred thousand dollars for a new truck would do the trick. That probably got to be a quarter of a million. Big Mac probably got to be twenty bucks. I mean, that's. I mean, think about it. Thirty-three percent of the U.S. workforce is now a side hustle. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is the toll-free number. By the bottom. Always hard to do, right? Because you never really know where the exact bottom is going to be. But I'll say this, we're closer to it than we've been. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Everyone take care. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.